Welcome to the Which Was Better podcast, where we discuss and decide which was better, the book or the movie. I'm your host, Lisa, and this week is the week of repeats. Not only do we have a repeat author, but we also have a repeat guest host. I'm so excited to welcome back Dory from All the Feels podcast. Dory, thank you for coming back and joining me again. I'm so excited. Yay! Anytime. I'm thrilled to be here talking about another Terry Wilson book. So excited. I was going to ask, I was going to say, tell the listeners what it is that we are covering this week. This week, we are covering The Art of Us by Queen Terry Wilson. That's right. Patron saint of this podcast, Terry Wilson. (laughs) Terry Wilson, we stand. (laughs) We love you. And I mean, it's, we we have more. She's got more. But Hallmark is You know what? I, and we're going to read them all. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we are. That's what I'm saying. Patron saying on this podcast, we're just going to make it a, a thing. <laughs> a Terry Wilson fan cast? <laughs> yes. And just do her collective works. We celebrate her entire catalog. That's right. I'll go through it. Yeah. So, yes, we are covering The Art of Us, which I'm going to let me confess something to you. <laughs> I'm already (laughs) cracking up. (laughs) Let me confess something to you. Um, This past Christmas, when Hallmark put out their list of Christmas movies, and I did a little write-up on my blog about just first thoughts of their Christmas lineup, and I saw in there that in the lineup that um, Taylor Cole and Steve Lund were doing a movie together, and I was like, brilliant, why haven't we had this pairing before? And I'm like, ah, that posted. And then Rachel from the Hallmarkies sent me a tweet, and she was like, we have had this pairing. It was the art of us. And I was like, oh my God, we did. Mm -hmm. That's how much I forgot about this movie. That's, I'm going to go ahead and say spoiler, that's my overall feelings it was because i watched this when it first came out and i had zero remembrance (laughs) of it i also love that rachel was the one who was like um actually historian (laughs) the hallmark historian rachel (laughs) she's like lisa come on now And I was like, well, that and I actually I think I replied to her. I was like, that's how much of an impact that movie made on me, considering Mm -hmm. I totally forgot about that. Right. Because I remember watching this, but I don't think I finished it then. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I remembered I remembered this movie and I did not remember any real positive feelings about it yeah but i but there have been times in my life where i have not enjoyed a hallmark movie and then revisited it a year two three later and been like oh i actually like this like i think this is cute yeah um i guess you'll have to wait and see if that is that was my experience with this one (laughs) but i i think you guys can guess Right. How I probably felt. <laughs> so for both of us, I'm guessing that the the we had the same experience. We watched the movie, forgot about it, read mm-hmm. the book, then watched the movie again. Exactly. So before we dig into both of them, because I wanna I wanna kind of talk about them 
separately at first and then dig into the differences here. Um, But I do want to do a quick summary for the listeners that have not read or seen the movie. The book was the is The Art of Us and it was written by Terry Wilson and was released in 2016, which was not that long ago when you think about it. Although I also think that 1990 was like 10 years ago. I'm like, that was like 10 years ago, you know, but I know I'm fully not the one. Like, I still think the 80s was 20 years ago, you know? Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. My kids were like, you know, 1980 was like 30. And I'm like, why are you hurting me? (laughs) You're like, um, get out of my house. Yeah. They're like, mom, that was so long ago. And I'm like, why don't you just stab me in the heart? That would be quicker. I know. You know but Just go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. Kids, man. <laughs> so the book, okay, here's the summary of the book. Harper Higgins, art history professor and Vincent Van Gogh scholar, doesn't need a man. Mm-hmm. She needs an artist fast. The art show she's counting on to secure her tenure is in trouble. So when she collides with a ruggedly handsome man carrying a basket of violets on a rainy night in Boston, she thinks she's found her miracle. Cynical, brooding ex-soldier Tom Stone can paint, and he's quite good. He just needs Harper's artistic touch. (laughs) But (laughs) But once she talks him into pretending he's a long-lost descendant of Van Gogh, the trouble really begins. As the art opening draws near, their identities, both real and imagined, hang in the balance. The student becomes the master as Tom teaches Harper that passion is its own work of art. I mean, he sure does. That last part. That's correct. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. There's a lot happening in that sentence. There's (laughs) plenty of plenty of passion to go around. Okay. And he student becomes the master that there's a lot in those forward <laughs> there's a lot happening in those four words so that's my cue to let the listeners know this is not going to be a hallmark friendly discussion so if that's not your jam no hard feelings we'll have another episode next <laughs> couple weeks from now <laughs> yep so this is when i'm going to go ahead and say that on twitter i tweeted about this and i used a and okay, people don't at me. I know it's GIF. I'm gonna say GIF until I die. Yeah, okay, me too. Sounds I don't say I don't say Jod. I say God. So, <laughs> going, I'm yeah. So, going with the soft G. So I use a GIF of Hillary Duff waving herself, like fanning herself, because as I was reading this book, and I was like, yeah, this is it. And yeah, that was pretty much me. The whole and Terry Wilson actually liked it. And I was like, does she know? (laughs) I know. We were Lisa texted me and she was like, Terry Wilson liked my tweet. Do you think she knows that we're talking about her? I was like, she must sense it. Like her spidey senses must have been tingling. And she knew that we were talking about her. Oh, they're reading one of my books. We I know. I know. She knew. (laughs) She really did. And then um our friend Bowerfett, Brian, mm-hmm. he replied and he said, sounds like you need a pitcher of iced tea. Amen. And, it, it, and listen, that inadvertently created my new heat 
levels. Now it's like, how many glasses of iced tea do I need to get through this scene? I love that. Yes. And so there was a couple of three, maybe even four glassers. Oh, for sure. In this book. So I'm very excited about that. Okay. Me too. Shout out to Brian. Shout out to Brian for inadvertently (laughs) creating that for me. I'm just going (laughs) to use that forever now. So the movie was um it came out in in may of 2017 i don't think it was associated with any of their you know branded seasonal i think it was just a one-off which i found funny because it came out in may and yet it was freezing it was in boston and everybody was wearing coats and right it was freezing (laughs) it was rainy and there are a couple scenes where they're like in the town square or whatever and it's like all lit up with lights i was like this looks like christmas yeah it 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 was such a not a dark movie like dark as in tone, but just it felt very cold and yeah, like very, very blue. gray. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was kind of odd to have it, you know, in May, but eh, whatever it, it happened. It was just a one off. So the summary um, or actually it was it stars Taylor Cole as Harper Higgins and Steve Lund as Tom Becker. Like, why they changed the name? I don't know, but they did. And here is what Hallmark threw at us for the summary, which Harper Higgins is determined to land a tenured position at Boston Art College, and she's counting on curating a big art gallery at the university to do so. But when she loses her showcased artists and can find no one else, she turns to her recently hired dog walker, who unbeknownst unbeknownst to anyone is a skilled painter. Hallmark, as usual, doing the absolute least with their (laughs) (laughs) say what you see. We see a woman trying to get a job at a university and needs a painter. Done. (laughs) That's it. Give me two sentences of the absolute least you can say about these movies. I feel like this is foreshadowing the difference between the two. Yeah, if I'm for sure. Be honest. Mm-hmm. Because here's what I want to talk about before we really dig into the differences and and how we feel about them. But you know, I, I don't want to disparage anybody because take, making movies is hard work. People put in you know time and effort, and you know they're doing their jobs, mm-hmm. and they take books and they make them into movies. And I understand the two very different mediums, so you have to strip and you have to do all that. You know, you have to condense parts and you have to rework parts and whatnot. However, I think that Hallmark goes overboard in removing parts of Terry Wilson's books. It's not just the sex because, of course, they're not going to show sex on Hallmark. And we understand that. That's just a given. But I truly believe that they strip out way more than they need to in order to make her books into movies. Yep. And I don't think it works well. I I agree. And <laughs> <laughs> shocker, I agree. Yeah. And I don't want to say this, but I'm going to say it. I also feel like they dumb down her work in a way. And there is more emotional complexity in her stories than you would think if you just watched the movies based on her books there's a lot more there is just a lot more feeling and a lot more complexity 
And I understand that like you cannot, it's really hard to convey like a lot of that in a movie because in a book you get to read the character's thoughts and that is a great way (laughs) to learn more about them. You can't do that in a movie. But I think that also at the same time, like Hallmark viewers are smart enough to handle a bit (laughs) of of complexity and emotional intensity like i think speaking from our audiences that listen to our podcasts like it is a lot of smart you know people who are here to like feel something and you lose a lot of that in some of these movies based on um terry's books in particular exactly i it's it's not that I don't enjoy them because if I had never read a Terry Wilson book, I, I probably would like the movies just fine. This one, you know, I'm going to go ahead and say it ahead of time. It, it I, I remember it not being for me when it first came out. And mm-hmm. when I found out it was a Terry Wilson book, it surprised me. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, but I'd already read some of her stuff. And so I knew that there was going to be, I already knew there was going to be more there. I already knew it was going to be more layered mm-hmm. and we were going to have more. And the thing with um, Terry Wilson is, you know, she writes stories in such a natural way. You know, when it comes to romance, you have to take so much with a grain of salt because there's all these contrived moments of like, the meet cutes and the constantly running into each other. And, Oh, it just so happens that this job you want, either the person who's hiring you is somebody you're interested in or an enemy, you know, it's all these, all these things that you kind of have to just go with the flow, but you know, she makes it more than that, you know, because it's all these perfect coincidences that, you know, bring these people together and then they inevitably fall in love and not everyone can pull that off. Well, Right. But Terry does like these circumstances that she plots out for any other writer would feel so forced. And you Mm -hmm. would be like, this is just silly. It's just nonsense. Like, what are we doing here? But she makes it and she builds it and she layers it in such a way that it just seems like you're nodding your head along. Like, yes, this is the only possible outcome. This is obviously where this needs to go. And this is the only way these two can handle it. And you're just you you're in it and right i don't think hallmark and i and i think part of the problem also is that this was the era of um the bill abbott area sorry y'all i'm just gonna go ahead and say the bill abbott era where yeah we got a lot of very very stripped down yeah very basic movies very basic yes yes and they just took out so much of the passion and the um just you know like you said the complexity yeah. Of her work and her words. And it made me sad. Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and say it. It made me sad. So much, so much is lost in this, yeah. in this movie. Um, and it didn't have to be that way. And I think that's part of the frustration, right? It's not necessarily that they took things out because, you know, there, there, when you are adapting a, book and making it a movie you're always going to have to take things out these are hour and a half movies and sometimes they're you're working with like a 500 page book like you know there's stuff is going to have to be left behind 
But I feel like that makes it all the more important to keep the best, most interesting, most heartwarming moments from the book. And we lost a lot of that in this one. Yeah. You know, it did. It just, it, it, you know, I know we're giving away the ending here, but it just fell flat and it was just bland. And I, and I did not like that for this book because here's where I say, I loved this book. I, yeah loved this mm-hmm. book and for anybody that hasn't read this book and is judging it based on the movie please don't because yeah the book is well worth the read it's the world that she builds in it is a lot richer and I, I just you know when I when I first when I first saw the book and I first read the um the summary not you know kind of going back to when I was like, okay, we're going to do this one. You know, it wasn't necessarily my wheelhouse in terms of the summary itself. I'm like, okay, she needs this art guy. But I was basing it on the parts that I remembered from the Hallmark movie, which wasn't mm-hmm. fair. Yeah. And when I started reading into it, like actually reading the book, I'm like, hello. Yeah. This was so good. I <laughs> so, know. So there are some little things, you know, okay, so as far as the movie goes, there's some little things that they that they changed that they didn't have to. And I honestly don't understand why they did it. Mm-hmm. I'd, be, I'd love to. I'd love to grab the writer of the movie, Karen Berger, who for Hallmark people out there did all of my heart, which is, you know, got its own fandom, all that, yep. all those movies. She's done December Bride. She I mean, she's done six or seven movies for Hallmark. I would love to get her into a room with no microphones and be like, look, this is a trust tree. You can right. feel safe here. <laughs> right. Tell me what your real first draft script looked like because me I too. guarantee it wasn't this. I guarantee it was not it. this. No, <laughs> they stripped there's... it out more. They were like, X here, X here. And I could, yep. like, there's Karen. no, there is no chance that her first draft <laughs> resembled <laughs> the movie there's just no way because I don't, even I don't, yeah because as a writer reading another writer's work and like admiring it i'm sure there's stuff that she was like oh i can't wait to put that in the script i can't yeah. wait to put that in my movie i can't wait to put that in my movie and i completely agree with you i think that you know it got to the executive level and they were like no <laughs> no no sorry Karen, reach out to us, which was I better know. at g- podcast at gmail.com. I won't tell anybody. You can tell us the tell truth. Tell us the truth. We believe you. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just keep it between us. <laughs> we can start a group chat. Exactly. Um, so some of the things were, you know, the name Tom Stone in the book is Tom Becker. I don't know why you need to change it, but they did. Um, the the dog, Vincent, who was super cute in the movie because all dogs are cute and they're awesome. But, you know, as a dachshund owner for life, um, I've had three dachshunds in my life in the Aww. book. I know the book dog is dachshund and he's so stubborn, which that's exactly what dachshunds are. They are so right. stubborn. And maybe this was a dachshund mix. I don't know. But I was like, you know, you could have kept it. But maybe they tried and the dachshund was a pain because they are. I love them and I would die for dachshunds, but they're a pain. And they probably got one on set and they're like, never mind, bring in the backup, Vincent. This one won't stop barking. Oh my God. And he was supposed to have one ear. That's, yes. That was I totally the whole point. forgot about that. that they could have, the they could have spent a little budget money and CGI'd out his ear, but whatever. Right. <laughs> so, you know, and then little things like, you know, Lars in the, 
you know, the story, Harper, you know, she's trying to go for this tenured position. She has two jobs. She works at, in the book. She works at a place called Art Bar, which is one of those wine and painting places where you get right. sauced and just paint. Sounds awesome. Yeah. And in the in the movie, they make it a little bit more serious, like it's some sort of art collective where people go for art lessons, which they didn't need to change that. They I no. thought that was part of it. Part of the story in the book is that she doesn't like the doesn't like that aspect. She doesn't qualify as teaching. She's like, I'm just I'm just babysitting drunk people while they play with paint. And right. You know, she's like, this isn't my life. Uh, but they don't do that. They they don't do that in the movie. They took that part away. And then, you know, at the college where she's trying to get a position, her rival, I guess in the book, I thought they were the same age. Yeah, me too. And I also uh, expected them to actually be rivals Yeah. in the movie. They're not rivals until he does some shady stuff at the end. Right. Like in, in the book, their relationship is contentious mm-hmm. from jump. And it doesn't seem like that at all in the movie. No, they, they make a line at the beginning of the movie um, where the boss, the director of the college says something like, or somebody else in the office. I don't remember, honestly. Somebody says, you know, I think he's, I think Lars, that's his name, her rival. Lars is just irritated because you're younger than him and you're getting the teaching position. But that's that's the extent of it. We don't get the same amount of <laughs> competitiveness that these two, because they are like, it's all very, they're, yeah, smiling, but really like gritting teeth mm-hmm. while they're smiling, like, uh-huh, putting up with they're, each other. They're at each other's throats and like Lars questions and undermines everything she says all the time. Mm -hmm. And so a big part, a big part of the book is that he is like breathing down her neck. Yes. And a lot of the decisions and poor decisions that she makes in the book are in part because this guy is like coming from coming for her and that they have a real competition going and you totally lose that in the movie in the movie like i basically forget about him until he pops up at a couple pivotal times and i'm like wait a minute what yes and we'll get to why because they transfer all of that into another character that they brought in for the movie which we'll get into that in just a minute because that was wrong (laughs) but Mm -hmm. one of the other things that they didn't really need to change and i wanted to get your thoughts on this is you know tom moves to this um place in boston and he moves to a houseboat he's an ex-soldier and he's been um in you know he was bought it because he just basically wanted to be alone and in the book he has his own dog and his own dog is named gunner Mm -hmm. and um you find out that they were in you know they were active members of the military they were active duty and he was a search and one of those people that goes into places with the dogs and searches make sure there's no bombs and mm-hmm. says the place is clear like you know and you learn a lot about his past and how it affects him and he's just a loner and he doesn't really have any friends except for the two people that run the marina where the boat is mm-hmm. and then the guy who's named frank who runs the flower shop who he gets all his flowers from and that's it. And I don't understand why they changed that to no. a random woman as the flower shop owner. No, I don't. I didn't like that at all. And it seemed like what they did was they kind of combined Frank into the marina owner 
slash flower shop guy yeah um but then added the girl who in the movie who runs the flower shop and i didn't like it because he i think frank you lose one of my favorite scenes in the book by making them by making those characters why by taking those characters and kind of combining them frank and the marina owner you lose like probably my favorite scene in the book um because of that and i also feel like there was less emphasis on him being a veteran in the movie. Whereas Mm -hmm. in the book, like that's a really big part of his identity and explains a lot of what's going on with him. And he has that kind of, he can confide in, well, he doesn't even have to confide in Frank. Like he, Frank just knows. Because Frank is a former soldier as well. And he knows. Yeah, exactly. So they have this real special and intense bond without even having to like speak the words that he's going through. Frank understands. And you lose that by having the lovely young lady at the flower shop in the movie. But like all of those scenes to me fell flat because I was comparing them to how wonderful they were in the book. Yes. All those moments when he would come in, because in the book, he stops every day to this wholesale flower shop. That's really not even a flower shop. It's like a warehouse. And he has to like walk through these like plastic sheeting to get in the back. And Frank finds the, you know, oldest flowers that are on discounted price because Tom is broke and Mm -hmm. he sells them these like cheap flowers, but, and he doesn't understand, Frank doesn't understand why he always has them. And it's kind of like becomes a long running, like, make sure your girl likes these. And, you know, Tom's like, "Uh uh-huh. And he does, because he doesn't know that he's painting them, that that's what he's doing. He's continuing his therapy. Mm Mm-hmm. I painting and so we lose all of that which I again it's not like they removed any characters they could have still had Frank and they still could still could have had the marina owner it, I didn't exactly. understand that change. I didn't understand that change either and and even as I was watching the movie I was like okay I can see that they're combining Frank with this other guy like maybe they just did it to save time to focus somewhere else but then they introduced the flower shop owner and I was like well wait what actually was the point of that then yeah like then why didn't you just put Frank there right. and then we could have had our moment so you know but so that leads us to Tom, you know, stops every stops by every day to get those flowers. And on his way back home one day, he, you know, he's picked up these violets and he literally runs into Harper. They literally run into each other, which we see the opening scene of the movie. Harper's walking and they run into each other. However, that's where the similarities end. Because in the movie, they you can see the attraction early on. They're kind of like, oh, well, I just ran into this little cutie. And oh, and they kind of look back at each other and they're all smirking and smiling. Uh, in the book, they hate each other. <laughs> they hate each other instantly. And also, he is legit injured. Tom is legit yeah. injured. Like, Vincent <laughs> Vincent like attacks his leg. He's got to... <laughs> He's got to like put it in an air cast. He's it's a bad like he is not by her. She is not charmed by him. And I actually really love that moment. I loved that. Yes. I was like, okay, this is not a meet cute because no one is feeling or looking cute right now. 
And we find out why he calls her Doc. Yep. Because, you know, she says, you know, she makes a comment when she realizes he's hurt. You know, and I guess she introduced herself, doctor. He's like, okay, well, cool. You're a doctor. She's like, no, I'm not a medical doctor. I'm a doctor of, you know, like an art history doctor. And he's like, and you call yourself doctor. Right. And she's like, yes, because I earned it. <laughs> and he's like, okay, doc. Yeah. And she hates it. She hates she's it. Like, I hate it when he calls me that. But that's the whole enemies to lovers trope. That's how it starts. And it's my favorite trope Mine in too. all of romance. And the fact that they took it from me. I know. Irritates me. They ripped it. Yeah. They ripped it from our hands. Like, I was not expecting this book, based on having seen the movie, for it to be enemies to lovers. And it is like a strong enemies to lovers. Like, they are real mean to each other. <laughs> they are they nasty. Are. Yeah. For a long time. But in between that, they have these little slip-ups in their mind because they're like yep you know i hate them even though they're pretty hot wait what yeah why do i think they're uh, you know then they get all flustered because they don't want to admit it they don't want to admit they're attracted to each other so they just they're so mean to each other. but that's part of the banter and that's part of the fun yep. and that's and that yeah they just they took it they, they took, took it, it from all us. Away. and i mean and what i loved about their meeting is that even though they cannot stand each other immediately they also can't leave each other's presence like any other time if you had a run-in where like your dog attacked somebody and they're injured and i mean you check on them make sure they're okay and you get the hell out of there you're not trying to like stay and chat and harper's asking yeah. questions why you got the flowers <laughs> what do you do she confuses him with as like a flower delivery guy and i'm like girl you keep putting your foot in your mouth like take your dog who just bit this man and get out but they but they are yeah. so drawn to each other that like they don't want to leave each other they want to be in the right. presence of the other person even though they don't even realize that that's what they're yeah, doing it's, it's so good it's so good it's so good and we find out later that he actually had seen her many times in the coffee shop but she's always been so busy that she's <laughs> never noticed him like all these little things that you know and here's here's things that they changed that they really shouldn't have and we've the the friends you know, the enemies to lovers is the big one, but he's grumpy in the book. Yeah. He's grumpy and just straight up like aloof and, mm -hmm. you know, and in the movie, he is so like trying to like flirt with her and like get with her. And he's just very openly pursuing her. And I'm like, man, they, they fight so much in the book. And they, you know, that irritated me that they took away his grumpiness. Yep. That irritated me, too. They took away... I feel like they took the edge away from both characters. Because Harper's yes. not that likable either. Like, Harper is <laughs> snotty in the book. She is selfish in the book. Um, like, in the, se the second chapter, the turn to the second chapter is great. Because it starts in her point of view, and then it switches to his. And I think the first line is something like, she really doesn't 
remember me. And he <laughs> and he's so mad at her because yeah. they've been going to the same coffee shop every morning and seeing each other every morning. And he she has no idea. She's acting like she's never seen this six foot three man in her entire life. And he's like, I re- I cannot believe this woman does not know who I am. But and I mean, it's because Harper's not the friendliest. She doesn't remember the name of the barista at the coffee shop that she goes to every morning, like every day. Right. She's very like laser focused on her career. And that's it. And I love that she's not super likable right off the bat, like, like right immediately, because it makes those little moments where she does something so sweet and so wonderful even better because you understand that like she's changing and she's evolving. And the best part of this book is kind of her transformation. I think, I I think that that is one of the best parts of this story because so often in romance, it's the guy who changes. It's the dude who changes, who comes around, who becomes more human, more emotional, more loving. And in this case, it's Harper. She is the one who Mm -hmm. has the huge change of heart at the end. And I'm sure we'll talk about that. Like, those parts of the book and Hallmark really like took away both of their edginess, which is such a bummer because it made their love story so fun and very hot and very interesting, you know? Yes. Because they, as much as they dislike each other, they have moments where they acknowledge their attraction and they straight up like make out hardcore Mm -hmm. and they're like, we don't even like each other, but we're doing this because we just can't help it. And at the heart of it, these are just two very lonely people who have been hurt. Yes, massively. And you find out their backstories and you find out why they're so hurt and why they've built these walls. Mm -hmm. But slowly they, you know, these walls come down and in each, each of them, Mm -hmm see these very vulnerable moments in each other and that's where they start to really appreciate each other and they really start to grow and they really start to fall in love and for me it was more you're right it was more harper's transformation that did it for me because we see it through tom yep because he sees the real her beneath all of her walls and he's like that's the woman yes he's like that there she is that's her and whenever she puts her guard back up he's like i I can see it happening Mm -hmm. and i want that other woman back like and uh, guys he he calls her his art goddess and he can tell when she's the art goddess and when she's doc and yes only he can see the real difference oh my goodness swoon i can't handle it it's so good for real and it it frustrates me again i'm just just gonna be the overriding theme here it just frustrates me that they stripped all that out i mean the conflict in the movie was basically she but they don't even really pump up the promotion that much they're just like here's the art show and in the book he's hesitant to show his art he you know she basically has to force him Mm -hmm. to show him her once he once she realizes that he paints because he comes into the (laughs) he comes into the art bar the wine and painting place and he sees that she's running behind and she's not gonna the class is gonna be over and the people are gonna have unfinished paintings so he just jumps in and starts helping and Mm -hmm. he starts helping to finish and she realizes oh my god he can paint and that's how this all kicks off 
but he doesn't want to admit it and she finally goes to see his paintings and when she <laughs> sees his work this girl jumps him yes she just cannot help it she sees the soul of it and it just like it's so good she basically follows him home she's like (laughs) she's like i'm going home with you i'm looking at these paintings Mm -hmm. she's like wait you live on a boat okay i'm coming aboard and she she's there they've got their dogs he she looks at the paintings and like you said she literally jumps on him and kisses him she is so like overwhelmed with emotion overcome and she she just lays one on him and it is so good and cut to him backing her up against a wall to continue the kiss which he does quite often which is something i am powerless to I mean, mm. I just, I was not okay in those moments. He does it multiple times. And um, I just need Miss Terry Wilson to know, I see you, girl. I see you, girl. Listen, I see you, girl. I was out there making batches of iced tea <laughs> over and over again. I was like, I'm about to be out of iced tea and I still got half of the book left. So let me go ahead and make some more because I can tell it's about to get real and he's just like whoa i know he is so like taken aback and he's like so of course we don't get that part in the movie we don't get her reaction to his art she's just like oh my gosh this is so great hey want to be in my art show i know (laughs) man it's so much more powerful than that but that's the thing is in the book you know he finally you know leans into it and he realizes that he does have you know a lot to offer and they they really pull each other out of each other's shells and i i just want to say i know this happens later but you know he goes every day to buy those discount flowers but when he goes and sees those lilies (laughs) they're called picasso calla lilies and he pays full price for them and he's gonna actually give them to her as real flowers Mm -hmm. and not paint them and she has like a bad day and she like I don't know. She like yells at him for something or she's just like real curt and he withdraws and he's like, never mind. I'm going to go paint these. And she's like, what are those for? Nothing. What are those flowers? Nothing. (laughs) Gets all upset. But then he paints them. And there comes a moment when he finally tells her that they were for her. I mean, I might have teared up. And then when she finds out that he paid full price. He said they were on sale. And when she finally, well, I think we'll talk about that scene more in full later because I have so much to say about it. But, you know, she has a conversation with Frank and he's like, yeah, he paid full price for those. And then also the scene where she decides that she's like going to take his advice and just paint, paint what her heart desires. I know I can't handle it and y'all already know what her heart desires is Tom and she paints Tom and then he finds it he sees it that I mean just come pick me up off the floor like that whole oh my gosh that whole storyline was so beautiful I was obsessed with it they could have had that same moment in the movie. They could have had the moment where he comes in and sees that painting because I will give him this. The painting that she does in the movie of their kiss in this, that was a beautiful, beautiful painting. Yeah. It was 
It was gorgeous. And I'm like, do they sell rem- uh, reprints of that? Because I sure would hang yes, that up in my house. It really was. But all the power was in, because at this, at that point in the book, Tom knows that he loves her. He's still not sure about her feelings towards him. And he goes in and he's he can't sleep because it's the night before the show or whatever Mm -hmm. and he's looking for blank canvases and he's like oh i think she has some because she always reuses her canvases from that wine and painting class and he goes and uncovers it thinking it's a blank canvas and he sees him like he sees her painting of him and he's just like oh my god she does love me and then pause for my dog growling at some, I was like zero what is happening are you done buddy okay he just gave me the I'm finished growl oh my god so rude that's awesome so rude um, but so once he sees that it's his face, he goes to wake her up. He cannot yeah, wait he to see her, to talk to her. Um, and he goes to wake her up. And it is, it is. I needed a lot of iced tea. I was about tea. to say, it is 20 pitchers of iced tea, <laughs> that scene. And I think, I, I know. And I think that what's so great about Terry's love scenes is that they are so you need so much iced tea because there is so much emotion that she has built up and by the time it reaches that level where they are together it is overwhelming because it has been building and building and building and it really means something and it really matters especially this scene with these two characters yes yes and it's so we but after that scene is when the big art show happens Mm -hmm. so they go into the art show fully like you know they've already slept together like they they have all these feelings and stuff and so when they go into the art show this is what frustrates me in the movie yes they've kissed and they have these cute moments in the movie which if you haven't read the book i'm guessing they they probably did come off very cute where she's like no more kissing and he's like okay no more kissing whatever <laughs> which that's cute but i'm like dude when book kissing is very different from movie kissing <laughs> book kissing has people up against walls exactly. and shirts off and bosses walking in on them going uh what's happening in here exactly and they're like oh hey yeah so hmm, no more kissing is very different in the book but you know by this point in the in the book they you're right they've built up so much together and so much emotion and and they're falling in love and and it's just it's very overwhelming so when they get to the art show um and it's revealed who he is, which is very different from the movie. In the movie, Lars makes this giant announcement. Attention, everybody. Mm-hmm. He's not who we say we are. And we'll get to that part in a minute. <laughs> but in the book, Lars pulls Harper over privately mm-hmm. and says, I know what you're doing. And I know all of it. And I know the truth. And I'm going to expose you. And Harper freaks out and says, I'll do whatever. Like, she 
just like in the movie, I'll do whatever you want. And he tells her, I want the promotion. And she's like, okay, let me work it out. Just don't expose him because he is worth it in terms of like his art. Don't embarrass him. I will take the fall from him. And Lars is like, oh my God, you fell in love with him. You know, it's this, it's this big scene. Mm-hmm. And it's her sacrificing her job because in the end, she realizes at that moment, that's not what she wants. She doesn't want to be, be a teacher. So she sacrifices it for him. Mm-hmm. And it's this whole moment of self-realization and feeling at peace with herself for finally doing what she wants to do in life. And so she resigns. So that way Lars can take the promotion. And it's this big moment because they're, they've shared so much and it, it's that that part was so moving to me yep. that she did this for him. And then Tom realizes it and figures it out, but it doesn't matter because she's like, what's done is done. I'm happy. I feel at peace with this. But in the movie, Tom, <laughs> Lars makes the announcement. He's not who we say he is. And the director says, is that true? And she's like, yes, I'm sorry. And Tom says, no, I'm sorry. And then they just calmly walk out of the art I ship. know. It's it's such a dud. <laughs> it just, it lands so flat. And it's because, like, it makes me so mad. <laughs> because they tried to make it, like, this big scene in the movie. Like, this big public scene. And yes. It didn't have to be that because I think I am with you and the more impactful way to do it was to make it small like it was in the book because it was really an internal and emotional conflict within Harper. Like that was the interesting thing that was happening in the scene. And it was so much more powerful because she's realizing I have been so selfish. I have been blinded by my ambition to like. I have only cared about this promotion and I have been treating people badly to get there. Like, I cannot believe I jeopardized Tom and what could be a great career for him all because of my selfishness. And it is incredibly moving and incredibly intense because like we talked about before, like you have seen how prickly she is and how difficult she is for the entire book. So to get to that moment and to see her finally get it and to finally be like no I am worth more than this doctor title I have found someone I am in love with and he is more important than any of this BS like that is so much more powerful than the big scene that they have in the movie that just is such a dud and then it's also like okay the other thing that bothered me about that (laughs) Is that in the movie, they make Harper's ex-boyfriend a character and they make him a thing. And you think he's going to be the villain. Like, you kind of think he's going to be the one who exposes all of this because he's like, I don't trust this guy. I think you're being taken advantage of. And... So you kind of think he's going to be the one to blow it all up in the movie. But then in the movie, they have Lars do it, who's been like a non-factor in the entire movie. So like that didn't even make sense. Like it it honestly would have been more impactful to just have the ex-boyfriend bring it up. At least that would have been some kind of like major, more major conflict. Right. And that was another thing that confused me. I was like, what is happening? I don't know why they transferred that the all of this stuff with Lars to Rick because in the book 
Rick is part of her internal conflict yeah. with herself because she stops painting because Rick gives her a bad review and uh, amongst other bad reviews. And so she's like, obviously, I'm not cut out to be a painter. So she loses her confidence and she's just like, I'm not painting again, which leads her to teaching. Right. So Rick, you don't ever actually meet Rick in the book. He's just referred to. He's just mentioned like, mm -hmm. oh, my ex-boyfriend Rick, who wrote this review. But that's part of her internal conflict with herself on whether she can still be whether she can, you know, try again as an artist and, and regain her confidence mm -hmm. in me. You know, Lars is the external, you know, conflict, you know, as part of like he's going to be the one that blows up, you know, Tom and uh, Harper. Right. And all of it. And so I don't know. Again, I get combining things and, and making things more efficient for the pacing of a movie, but I don't understand why they transferred part of that to Rick and brought him as a real character into the movie because it just, to me, it didn't do anything. Well, and what was the point of bringing him in and using him as like a villain type character to then not have him be a villain? He does nothing. Like there's right. even a scene at the art show where he like where we find out that, you know, the paintings are flying off the shelves and everybody wants one and the ex-boyfriend just pats him on the back and is like, "Yeah, good job. Enjoy. Yeah. Enjoy that success." And I'm like, "What was the point of introducing this character making him seem like a villain for him to then just show up and be supportive at the final art right. show the, it it just it didn't make sense it's like if you were going to combine those two characters which i can kind of understand you know like hallmark loves an ex-boyfriend waiting in the wings story but if you're gonna make that that choice then use that character. Yeah, because it's not like he was even really trying to get her back. No. Because that's when I rewatched this, I was like, oh, is he going to try and like come and get her back? Like when they went out to dinner together, when Rick and um, Harper went out to dinner, I was like, is Tom going to show up and see them together and think they're dating again? Like, I just thought, what is he doing? Like, I. And he literally says, I'm concerned about your art or I have concerns about yeah. your art. And I was like, this is what you're about? Concerns about her art? It's. It just Man, send me an email. <laughs> you don't need to track me down for dinner. Or don't ever talk to me again after you gave me a bad review. Like, let's leave, let's let this die, all of it. You don't have to care about me. You don't have to care about my art. You don't have to care about my career. Like, you don't exist anymore, buddy. It may you don't no gotta worry sense. about it. <laughs> well, you know, it just so there's there's that big scene in the gallery where they both apologize and they just turn around and walk out. <laughs> like they just turn around and just walking out like slowly. It's not even like they're like, hurry up, get your coat. Let's go. They just stroll and they're having a conversation like that was really terrible. They're like, oh, wow, that sucked. I Deep breath. <laughs> yeah, we got what we deserved. And I'm like. How are you not making a fast getaway? I, it doesn't make any like sense. Just, and then they just and the party's still happening behind right. them. The party's still happening. And then th then Harper, then they go on their apology tour where no one is mad. No one is mad. For real. They it's the it's the easiest firing I've ever seen. She walks into the director's office and he's like, Well, the school will be fine even though you tarnished its reputation and made us liars. And I'm like, school would not no. be fine. This would last forever. And he's like, 
the school will be fine. I can't say the same for your career. And she's like, <laughs> chuckle with a smile on his face. Yeah, she's like, you're right. Well, good luck to you. And he walked out. They shake hands and he literally says, like, I want the best for you. And they part ways, friends. What? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, and I'm like, what are you talking about? And then Tom goes to apologize to that gallery owner, which why was she a character in this movie? What exactly uh, yeah, was her did... purpose? Because there was nothing there because I okay, I'm glad you said that. Because in the movie, I don't understand why Harper goes to pitch his work Me to either. her. But side note, side note, do people really pitch to galleries with their actual unprotected canvases just tucked under an arm she drove in her fiat which <laughs> is also inexplicable how did you fit four giant canvases like you said unprotected in your tiny fiat harper and how did you I mean, they're just rubbing against right. each other and she just carries them into that office and sets them down one by one she's carrying them all together they're touching probably paint rubbing all on yeah. them i was like this seems wrong on so many levels isn't that what portfolios are for <sighs> you make prints and you flip them and they're you show them like that but you know i'm not a painter so maybe there's something that i don't know about but so i don't and i thought what is her purpose going to be pitching his work she's already got him the show like what is this going to be and in the end it amounts to nothing because when he goes to apologize to her she's like well i'll keep you know good luck to your career or you deserve it or something like that and then he ends up showing at the flower shop <laughs> make it make sense <laughs> i mean the whole time in the movie he's like i just wanted to be alone on my boat painting but by the end of it he's like oh i can put my paintings up in this flower shop that sounds <laughs> awesome <laughs> i can't deal oh my god i it just it it nothing made sense okay so but the end when they're on their apology tour because i think this is what you wanted to talk about your favorite scene with frank oh my goodness so in the book i think the best scene is they have um in the book they have shared a wonderful night together the night before the show <laughs> 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 the night before the show where he after he found his painting um uh -huh. he also one of my favorite things in romances he sleeps for like 15 hours because he hasn't had a good night's rest in years but the Girl. second he is in harper's bed he can sleep peacefully because he is where he belongs he's also probably exhausted yeah i was gonna say <laughs> There's a lot of iced tea drinking that night. My man was tired. He was really worn out. So she leaves him to sleep. And she has tracked down Frank, where from whom Tom has been buying all of his flowers. And she goes into this warehouse and she meets Frank. And they talk a little bit, and he knows that she is quote unquote Tom's girl. He's like, oh, you're the girl. And she's like, the girl, what? 
And he's like, Tom's girl. I know you're Tom's girl. And she goes, well, I don't know if I know it's late. I know it's short notice, but did you know that Tom is an artist, that he is a painter? And Frank's like, no, I had no idea. And Harper hands him the invitation to the art show and he frank gets to see tom's work and he literally cries it brings a tear to his eye to see how talented frank is and that he has been painting his flowers for so long and he was like i i've never seen my flowers like painted like this represented like this had i known that this is what he was doing with these flowers that he comes and buys discount every night i would have given them to him for free like this is beautiful and so this man is so moved and he and harper is moved like harper grabs his hand at some point because they both know like how talented tom is but also how tortured he is and how him having this outlet has meant so much to everybody and they both care about him so much that like they're holding hands. They're just so moved. And so Frank is like, yes, I will be there. I will be at the show. I wouldn't miss it. So then when they go to the show and Tom sees Frank, he's like shocked, but also so moved. He's like, I can't think of any other person I'd want more to be here. And he's like, but Harper's going to kill me. Like if she finds out that there's someone here that knows me knows the real me, mm-hmm. um, she's going to kill me. So he st- he goes over to Frank. He's talking to Frank. Frank says his wife is over <laughs> by the daffodils because they're her favorite. Oh my gosh. I'm just like screaming and crying and swooning this entire time. And He's Frank's like, I want you to be my wife. She's by the daffodils. Those are her favorite. Like, I wish you would have told me you are so talented. I had no idea. And, um, Tom's basically like, or Frank's like, yeah, I had no idea until your girl showed up in the shop. And Tom is like, Oh my God, she wanted him here. She knew how much she knew how much it would mean to me and they like then he seeks out harper in the crowd and they share a look from across the room because he knows that she did that for him and she knows how much it meant to him and (laughs) it is so perfect it's so good good. it's so perfect i can't handle it like that entire i'm gonna say that last quarter of the book i could not put it down i was just like entranced i was transported to this you know this little part of boston i just Oh my gosh. It was just so like expertly executed. I don't even understand how she pulled that off. Oh God. Yes. And I, it was torture because I didn't want to finish Mm -hmm. it, but then I couldn't read it fast enough because I just, I was so in it and I was, then I was like, Oh my gosh, it's almost over. And I, but that's what makes me mad is that we lost that friendship. Yep. Frank in the movie, yes, they're friends, but it's not the same at all. And, you know, it, the romance is the main part of it. You know, that's obviously why we like these movies, but, you know, the friendships. Yep. And 
to lose that too. I just, I don't know. I, that was even worse to me because I love that moment so much. Oh, I really do. I, there's nothing better. It's just, it was perfect. It was perfect in every way. Because the whole point, like you find out through the movie that, that Tom has been jumping from place to place his whole life. His dad was in the um, service. He was a military guy and he was always going on tours. And so Tom got shuffled around to a lot of relatives. He slept on a lot of couches. There was real no stability. And you find out that he really didn't have a place that he's ever called home. Mm -hmm. You know, literally and figuratively, he's never felt in place anywhere and by meeting harper and eventually moving in with her just like in the movie he slowly starts to realize like this this could be where i belong and by the end of the movie you know he's found harper he's found home with harper like like harper that's mm -hmm. it and yes he now you know they move in together but then he's got these friends he's got frank mm -hmm. you know he's got the marina owners who were like you can't stay here if you don't winterize your boat because you'll literally freeze to death and die <laughs> but they become friends like you know um we didn't even talk about um oh gosh what is her name in the i forget her name the the woman who works with harper oh lindsay Lindsay in the in the movie it's Brenda Cricklow who I love. Me too. I love Brenda Cricklow. I love her. But you know we don't even talk about her. But you know, they all become friends. And sh and at the end, when Harper leaves and resigns in the book, she you know she brings Lindsay with her, and and she ends up buying Art Bar. Mm -hmm. And turns it into like an after school program for kids and like this like really cool like painting. And painting them. I mean, it's so awesome. Like it's so brilliant yes. because Harper loves the kids classes and she's like, I should, you know, yes. have this where the kids can paint their shoes. It's oh my gosh, it's so cute. And, you know, and so she brings Lindsay to run it and, you know, Tom is there. And so he finds this community and he finally feels like he's home and none of that is represented in the movie mm -hmm. there's no you know yes you could make it all that without him being grumpy but the part the point is is that you know he was grumpy because he didn't want to associate with people he just wanted to be left alone yeah. he was just like i'm broken i don't mm -hmm. need anybody it's fine and Harper's pretty much the same way, watching her mom get dumped over and over again yeah. by these men in her life and her dad leaving her, her family when she was young. And she's like, I don't need this. I don't need relationships. Mm -hmm. Everything I have is fine. Leave me alone. But together, I know they overcome it all. And I'm like, where was any, any hint of this, any whiff of this? I know. In the movie, it was just stripped down to... I kind of want this promotion, which they barely talk about, and him dog walking, which I don't understand why that's such a big deal that he's also a dog walker. Yeah. And it also in the book, the whole thing with him walking the dog is a lot more. The whole thing is a lot more nuanced because in the movie, he's walking like 10 dogs and it's very obvious <laughs> that he is a dog walker. But in the book, yeah. it's a lot it's a lot fuzzier, right? Because he's just walking his right. dog and this other dog named Buster, who is like a little mascot in Boston because he's a yeah. Boston Terrier. And so everyone knows Buster. So when Lars sees him walking Buster, like Tom really does a good job of being like, oh yeah, it's just my neighbor's dog. You know, I walk him when I walk my dog. 
and it really seems like less of a big deal in, but in the movie, they make it like such a big thing. And that's what I kind of mean by like the dumbing down of it, right? Like, yeah, it's like we're going to take this little moment that was, you know, that was perfect on its own in the book. And we're just going to like make it so obvious <laughs> that so that people watching really know that this is a problem, that Lars has seen him right. walking dogs. We're just going to give him. 10 dogs so that we can, you know, signal to the viewers that this is a problem. It's like, you did not need all of that. No, because that was part of the, oh my God, in the book, because the whole time Lars and um, Harper in the book are just, they're at each other all the time, just because they're actual professional rivals. And so, you know, we don't really we don't at all know that he's this whole time been investigating Tom. Whereas in the movie, we see Lars actively questioning people who he is and what is, you know, all of this stuff, but we don't see it. So that's why the scene at the gallery, when Lars is like, Hey, I know what you're doing. That's why it hits you like, Oh shit. Mm-hmm. He knows. And he reveals everything that he has learned and investigated in the background. Mm-hmm and the book this whole time and that's what makes it so shocking because you're like what i know in the book he says i hired a private and guest investigator and you're like wait a minute what you did huh yeah yeah like it's it has and a bigger he uncovers yeah. a lot it does it's way bigger and you know but the thing is is when it comes down to it some people need two jobs <laughs> Like, I don't understand totally. why in both the book and the movie, I'm like, a lot of artists have second jobs because that's what they do. I know. <laughs> and it was also very like Lars in the movie. He's like, shouldn't you be working on your um, show, on your art for your show? And it's like the man isn't allowed to walk some dogs like he's not allowed to see the sun he's not allowed to breathe fresh air because he's working on some paintings in what world does that make sense yeah and i'm like well shouldn't you be at work right <laughs> and yet here you are and yet here you <laughs> here are, <we> are together <laughs> worrying about what i'm doing i know <laughs> there you go lars <laughs> but just Mind your business and you don't have to worry about it. Yeah, but... keep it moving, Lars. Get your coffee and go. And then the fight they have afterwards, when she, when he cut in the movie, when Tom comes back after seeing Lars and he's like, oh, I saw Lars today. And she's like, what? Because, yeah, I saw me when I was walking. She's like, does he think you're a dog walker? And I'm like, wait, I, know. I had 10 dogs. No, I own all of these dogs. <laughs> walking them down the street. And she gets mad and I'm like, this is so forced. forced. This is so yeah. Force is the best word for it. Like a lot of the conflict seemed very forced. And like I said earlier, this is the part that Terry makes it so natural in the book because they do have the same argument, but it's a lot different. Yeah, and you understand both sides, and it's just. <sighs> I I wish we could do well. I wish they could remake this movie. Can Hallmark start remaking movies Please. from the Bill Abbott area era? Please. <laughs> I know. Just let's do a little remake on this one. I feel bad in saying that because, you know, it wasn't the worst I've ever seen. Which I shouldn't say it like that. That's terrible. It wasn't the worst. 
it's just they just downgraded so many of the stakes like and it and you need some kind of tension and stakes in these movies like i'm sorry but you do and like every conflict that was introduced like every what drove me crazy about this movie is that in the book there are a lot of secrets there are a lot of people holding things close to their vest because there is a lack of trust um with harper and tom in particular because of their pasts and because what they've been through and in this it's like there's a secret for 30 seconds and then it's revealed like harper (laughs) like in the (laughs) movie In the movie, the Harper secures this one artist for the show, then he drops out. And you find that out immediately. Like she goes into that meeting and she's like, well, the artist has dropped out and I don't have another one. So I'm going to have to figure something out. Whereas in the book, so much tension is built up into this because her boss doesn't know that the artist is unavailable. The artist that is in jail. The artist who originally was supposed to be in the show was arrested. And so that's why Harper needs someone like the stakes are so much higher. And so she's trying to keep it a secret that this guy has been arrested, but also keep it like keep Tom's real background a secret but in the book like they just in the movie they just take away all that tension and put everything on the table and i'm like well that adds some intrigue right and then also in the book harper (laughs) when she goes to her boss to say i switched artists and she's explaining who this new artist is she's just making shit up like she is just saying shit and even in the book she's like i don't even know where any of what i was saying was coming from that's when it comes out that she says this is a descendant of van gogh whatever in the movie he says you know there's always been lore in my family that i could be a descendant of van gogh and harper's like oh and i'm like i know and harper's like oh well that's a great idea so then that becomes their running story and so all of that tension is also gone because in the book that's another added layer because she's like well i said all this stuff about you so you gotta learn it like i don't know what to tell you i mean if you want to if you want to be a part of this and you want to collect that check like i'm sorry but you got to come to art bar every night and work till midnight and i'm gonna quiz you like it just adds the like adds that tension and those stakes and they just in the movie they just completely wipe it out as soon as they bring it up right because you know in the book she she's like so can you be in this show um and by the way right i might have said that you might be yes. related to van gogh and he, she's like what <laughs> what he's like Who's what are you gogh? talking about <laughs> <laughs> well one of the things they actually take away also in the movie is in the book tom his whole job for years was to go and clear out Mm -hmm. scenes like in active duty like and make sure there are no bombs and make sure there's no explosives and make sure everything's safe so he is trained to look at everything around him his surroundings his you know look at 
trash, look at everything around him and process it and memorize it because he has to know mm-hmm. immediately if he's in danger. And so in the in when he comes back to civilian life, he's really good at remembering a lot of information mm-hmm. immediately. So when she starts teaching him all this art stuff, so he becomes this like encyclopedia of art. He does. Right. He remembers everything instantly. Right. And, you know, they have these, well... They're not actually quizzes. They're more like strip quizzes. I was going to say they are strip quizzes and they are fabulous. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, he remembers a lot. And Harper pays for it because she's like, you'll never remember this. And he's like, right, I won't remember it. Why don't you ask me and see? Cut to her taking off her shirt. (laughs) Yeah, got to a lot of shirtlessness. Well, so in the movie, they make it seem he's like, I don't know how I'm gonna remember all this. This is a lot. I don't know. I don't, and I'm like, no, dude, this guy is aloof as in the book, as aloof as hell, but he's also confident right. and cocky right. and just like, oh, you might be the master of this art side, mm-hmm. but I'm about to be the master of. The Harper side. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, of course, we're not going to get strip quizzing in Hallmark. <laughs> if only. Well, is she going to take off her cardigan <laughs> to a turtleneck? <laughs> She's going to take off her pearls and then her blazer. <laughs> yeah. We're going to take off this blazer and then I'll have a cardigan shell <laughs> and a turtleneck under it. And then a tank top Yelta. under that. <laughs> Just try me. <laughs> oh my gosh. So, so, well, you know, and the ending was different. I mean, it wasn't that much different, but, you know, the ending in the book, we get a very amazing, gorgeous, and swoony proposal. Oh my gosh. And in the book, we get an awkward. Let me show you Vincent can sit. And then she shows him the painting and they kiss in front of all of her students. I I couldn't watch. <laughs> it it does it's so awkward. It does not compare. We literally get, no. like you said in the book, we literally get like a moonlight proposal in a beautiful sculpture garden with two people like <sighs> bearing their souls for the first time in their lives and yes. and cut to them married and epilogue, epilogue and they're married they own house Arbor. renovations yeah yeah I mean, if this was made now, they'd already have a TikTok exactly. where they'd be showing renovations <laughs> of the art bar. Exactly. We'd, we'd be all up in it. But, you know what else we lost hmm. in the movie? Okay. I laughed out loud at art bar at the names of the brushes. Because... <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I am <laughs> frankly pissed off that this isn't in the movie because at the art bar in the book, Harper has to 
part of it is Harper is really struggling because here she is this like classically trained art historian and artist right yet she's working at a place where people get drunk and like paint basic things and they have had to name the brushes by size so the biggest brush is named Big Daddy (laughs) Harper will literally be like okay pick up Big Daddy (laughs) and Tom walks in at one point right as she says it and he's He's like like, Big Daddy Big Daddy What is happening? It's so good. And then she's teaching the little kids and she's like, okay, pick up baby bear. And it's just so funny yes. and cute. It's like little things like that I missed. Okay, so I missed that that part, yes. And I missed the kiss, obviously, when she first sees this heart artwork, because she's like overwhelmed and she's like, Oh my god, let me just jump this guy. Um, you know, and then the part for me that I missed was when Tom's boat, okay, Tom needs to winterize his boat, but it's getting closer and closer to winter and he doesn't have any money. So he's telling Harper, I can't do these art lessons anymore. I've got to start walking dogs. Like I got to start up in that because I need the money to prepare the boat. Otherwise I won't have a place to mm-hmm. live. And Harper's like, uh, you can't do that because I need you here for these art, you know, it's back and forth. And Lindsay's like, Hey, <laughs> Why don't you move in with Harper and then you have all the time in the world? And they go back and forth because they're like, I don't, do I want him to, I don't want, I don't know, do it? You know, it's back and forth. Well, finally he moves in. And so she's at the house when she knows that he's about to show up to move in. And she's like, I, I don't know what to do. I'll, I'll make him some cookies. <laughs> <laughs> she gets these sliced and baked cookies. And she's like, usually I just buy these and I just eat it straight from the, the wrapper. I just eat it dough, but I can't just hand him a spoon and be like, welcome. <laughs> so she slices them to bake them. But he comes in and he's like, are you baking for me? She's like, no, I always do this. And he's like, uh, no, you don't. Because, you know, he can tell that she's, and she's like, fine, I made them for you, okay? I thought you'd want to feel welcome. And he kind of plays it off. But later, he's like, I was overwhelmed because nobody's ever oh, welcomed me like that. And then he she find, he finds out when he goes to the room that she sets up for him that she didn't put down like an air mattress, that she bought a real bed and put it in that studio so he could have a real bed to sleep in. And he's like, oh my god between the cookies and the bed and he's like starting to feel at home mm-hmm. and they just skipped over all of that and i'm like because the first time that he moves in it's really awkward because they are very aware of each yep. other and they're very because he's like you're afraid to be alone with me aren't you and she's like nah <laughs> as she nods her head a little bit maybe mm-hmm. he's like well and he tells her he's like don't worry You'll kiss me again. I'm like, what? Terry, stop it. But don't. (laughs) This is awesome. (laughs) I'm right there with you. I really missed the cookie scene, um, especially because she said I do this all the time. And then he saw a price tag hanging off of her oven. Oh, yeah. That's what it was. (laughs) He's like, really? like you've literally (laughs) never used these. (laughs) And I'm right there with you. I missed that scene. And I also missed... Um, there is a scene the first time they, you know, get together. 
Um, mm-hmm. They share a dance first. And why couldn't you include that? <gasps> You're right. Yes. I lived oh for that because he's always like throwing her off kilter. And I love that in a romantic pairing. She thinks they're going upstairs mm-hmm. and he's like, hey. And she's all like, what? He's like, dance with yes. me. Yes. And she's like, what? And it just comes And they do. And it's not corny. It's y'all. not corny it's not. because they've been playing music all night as like their kind of background while they're while she's quizzing him. And he's like, dance with me. And I'm like, why wasn't this moment in the movie? It's such a beautiful, sweet moment because he also what he also says to her is like, there's no rush. I'm not going anywhere. Like, I'm here with you right now. Like, I'm with you. I know. Swoon. Okay. Can I just tell you very quickly? I know they couldn't. Well, they could have put this in the movie. They really could have. They really, really could have. But I, there was the very, very end of the book, right before the epilogue, I literally, like, yelled out, Terry, oh, my God, you didn't. (laughs) Because... I was, and that's why I posted that GIF afterwards update. I finished and I posted, you know, like, yes, queen, because I was just like, how dare you do this to my emotions? So in the book, the coffee shop plays a, you know, a big part because they meet there or they, that's where she hires him. And she goes back a few times. Um, Harper does. And Tom, you know, is there. And when she meets the, um, or tells the barista and he's like, my name is Marshall. And she tries to make an effort from then on out. She says um, she needs to go in there. Oh, cause at one night at art bar, she gets drunk by accident the best. and she's on her way home. And she's like, I'm going to pop in and get coffee. And the guy Marshall is closing. And he's like, I'm closing. She's like, can it just anything? And he's like, all I have is plain black. And she's like, that's fine. So she, he gives it to her. And he's like, no charge. And she takes a drink. She's like, oh. And he's like, don't you mean, oh, God, yes. Yes. <laughs> and she's like, what? She's like thrown off. She's like, what? She's like, the size. The sizing is, oh, God, yes. And she, because they make a reference to the weird sizing. Like, it's, oh, God. And, oh, God, yes. That's the big right. one. And she's like, uh-huh. And so that it's a running joke. And so at the end, when he asks her to marry oh. him. And he's she's like looking at him and he's like, is that a, a yes? And um, he's like, is that a yes? And she was like, oh, God, yes. And I was like, listen, how dare you do this to me? It was so good. How dare you come full circle and make me fall off my couch going, oh, my God, what? It was so good. That proposal really got me like that choked me up because they are just both. They have both come so far at that point. You know, the walls have been decimated, like just torn to the ground and they just want to be together so bad. And I mean, and then they are married within four months. So, you know, they did not waste any time. Major book hangover when this was done. Same. I was like, same. This is not fair. Same. I need to just block out schedules and just be like, okay, if we're going to cover more Terry Wilson books, I just need to know that for the next week, I'm going to be worthless <laughs> and I won't be able to read anything else. And so let me just block out two full weeks for this. But 
Yeah, they could have kept those little cutesy names and they didn't. I know. I was bummed and about they brought the coffee names too because they're like, yes, and- yes, please. Oh, God, yes. You know, like that's your tall grande <laughs> venti. And it's those little touches really make they make the book really special and they could have made the movie really special too. I know. I know. Just a, Just little, a bit. little bit. So I guess it's probably obvious, but I'm going to ask you. <laughs> Officially, <laughs> which was better? I mean, <laughs> let me count the ways in which I enjoyed the book more. For me, the book was better. And I understand that this episode fully was a book. This was a book swoon podcast. And because of that, like, if you're listening to this, I need you guys to go read this book right now. Like, that's all I have to say. Like, this book, like, really hit me in my feels. And I was really moved by it. I was really surprised by it. And if you saw this movie, like Lisa said earlier, if you saw this movie and weren't into it, that's okay. Do not let it stop you from reading the book. The book is an incomplete, the book is a completely different beast and it is, you will not be sorry. It's, it really like I texted Lisa. So she, (laughs) Lisa (laughs) finished the book and she had posted on Twitter about it. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm in for a treat. So I started and I text Lisa and I go, um, I'm obsessed with this. I'm in love with this. I can't handle this. And <laughs> let me tell you, I sent her those messages after two chapters. Like that's yeah. how intensely I felt about this book in two freaking chapters. And yeah. it did not let me down. The For the entire rest of the book, it only got better. That last quarter of the book was like, I had to, again, as I did with Terry's other book that we covered, I had to get the audio because I had to go walk my dog and I couldn't stop reading. So I needed to listen to hear how it ended because I didn't want to wait the half hour <laughs> to come home from my walk and read the book. <laughs> like, it's great. It's just great. Please read it. Yes. Uh, I couldn't say it better than myself, so I'm just gonna say book, no question. <laughs> Done. Done. <laughs> that's it. Sorry to the Hallmark movie, and that's not to say that I didn't enjoy Taylor Cole and Steve Lund because uh, they're both extremely hot. And well, seeing them together, I agree, and also I love Steve Lund. I think he is amazing and i quite honestly i wish he was in more hallmark movies because i adore him and i think he is like so charming and handsome and tall and he just seems like so cool and fun and what bummed me out was that this like this character in the book is just meant to be the surly sailor. He is meant to be a grump. He is not meant to be the charming Steve Lund that we all love so much. And he's meant to be a shit's Creek Steve Lund. Exactly. That's who, that is who he is supposed to be. Exactly. But the writing didn't let him do that and let him go there. And that's a bummer because he could have done it. 
You're a hundred percent right. He was that's what I want. Stevie's Steve Lund. Yes. Yeah. Steve and Patrick. Patrick and And David. um, (laughs) David Steve Lund. That's who. Because okay, when I first saw this movie, it didn't have an effect. I was like, oh, whatever. It didn't make any impressions on me. I remember just being like, whatever. So when it came time for this book. And I read the book and I was getting super into it and I was seeing those characters because they've er- I'd already had Taylor Cole and Steve Lund in my mind. I kept visualizing Schitt's Creek Steve Lund. Right. And I'm like, yeah, bring me that guy. Exactly. Bring me that attitude and that sexiness and manliness to this Tom Stone. Yep. Not to say that they're not both great. It's not and it's not the I, it's not that the actors did not portray them well. In what they had, it's just right. The, the the actual content of the movie, there was just nothing there. Because Steve, I mean, again, these are both hot people, right? And of course, they're nice to look. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and I agree with you. Like, just this was the screenplay was not written to to hold those two characters as they were in the book. Like we said before, like all of their edge, all of their, you know, all of their flaws essentially that made them so interesting in the book were written out of the movie. They were just two perfect people who, you know, got caught up in a lie and that was the end of the story. And in the book, it's a whole lot different. Yeah. And can you imagine, okay, you remember in the movie when right before Lars questions the dog the woman who owns the dog and he's like i'm looking for someone to walk my dog and she's like oh yeah tom he's great i I had this moment i was like can you imagine taking that little phone number off the flyer and be like dog walker i need a dog walker and then steve lund shows up and you're like you're my dog walker let me go ahead and buy six more dogs i feel like I'm in. How many you on the clock, sir? I'd be like, you must have the wrong house because I've never seen a dog walker that looked like you. Mm-mm. Can you imagine? I'd be shocked. It would be literally like me actually looking up, like they do in the movies. Mm-hmm. Oh, hello. Mm-hmm. Yep. I need you here round the clock. I have a lot of dogs. They're not here now, but they will be <laughs> later. And I need you to just. Stop on by. I have 12 dogs, one for every hour of the day. <laughs> I'll see you all day long. I will see you all Great, day long. Thanks. Yes. I and that woman was so calm about it. She's like, thanks for walking. I'm like, lady, do you know? Do you see what we're all I know. Okay. I would have been giggling okay. uncontrollably, like, <laughs> thanks so much. I probably would have had to fire him because I would have been so awkward and he like, what's with this woman? I just be like, here, here's my dog. Thanks. Thanks, then bye. He cut to okay. him walking in front of your house and he sees you looking out the window like with your yeah, iced tea. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Face pressed against the window, <laughs> sipping on my iced tea going, uh-huh, uh-huh. Like that TikTok I sent you <laughs> where that woman spits her cereal. <laughs> I watched okay, I watched it maybe 20 times a day because I was just like Lisa. Now wait a damn minute because I was not prepared for that transformation. I do not. I was not ready. I've never seen anything like that. I, uh, if y'all don't know, I recently joined the world of TikTok and I found the nerd 
to nerd hot transformation videos and I I shared them. So and, there it is. And I lost but. my mind. <laughs> <laughs> so so we did it. We, we did, did it. it. We talked about the art of us by Terry Wilson and Hallmark. But let's just say we talked about the art of us by I Terry know, Wilson. This really was that. our love letter to Terry. Our second love letter to Terry. I hope, I I hope she listens. We love you. We do. We love you very much. And if you ever want to have a closed, unrecorded Zoom session with wine and tell us the real the real deets. We are <laughs> dying to know because <laughs> there's a disconnect. <laughs> and I think she was in the movie. Did you see that? I think she, she was. I want to ask her. I think so. I think she was in the gallery <gasps> during really? the art show. I think that was her. I took a picture with my phone and I was like, I need to study this later because I think that was her as the little cameo. Terry, if you were in the art gallery and you're listening to this, please tell us <laughs> on Twitter. Give us a shout out. Let us know how tall Steve oh, One really is in dream life. Dreamboat, come on. <laughs> and if Taylor Cole's eyes are really that pretty, she's beautiful. That's why it's you just, know she's so gorgeous, yeah. and that's why I was so angry when she did the Ruby Herring mysteries, and they gave her a bad <laughs> wig. That wig, I'm like, she has gorgeous hair. I think she's one of those people that I'd be super intimidated to actually make eye contact in real life because I'd be like, you. I know. I was real. just about to say this she is, doesn't even seem real. She's and she's from Texas. She's she from Arlington, which, yeah, she's a Texas girl. So, that, so my husband is from Arlington. That's where he was born. So, um, I don't. I mean, it's not like I went and looked and be like, where did she go? You know, where is she? I do know she's from Arlington, so shout out to shout out to us Texas gals. That's right. Yeah. I mean, I'm from down south. I'm from San Antonio, but still I lived in I lived in the Dallas Fort Worth Metroplex. Arlington's right in the middle. So shout out to the Texas connection there. But all right, we did it. And thank you so much for joining me again. And I want to ask, where can people find you online if they are so inclined? Oh, you can follow me and my podcast at All the Feels Pod on Twitter. And you can listen to my podcast, All the Feels, um, wherever you download download your podcast. I have two awesome co-hosts and friends, Erica and Mel. Um, and we would love for you to join us on the Twitter. Y'all, if you're not listening to their podcast, I don't know what to say because they are delightful. You are so sweet. And I'm serious because whenever my, you know, I have an iPhone and in the morning, you know, it'll mm -hmm. pop up new podcasts and I'm like, oh, there's a new all the feels because I listen in the morning when I get ready and I'm like oh and then of course when I'm at work if you know if I don't finish it all but I was like ah there's a new episode and so you guys have to check you them are out so sweet thank you I think you just get excited because they're so rare <laughs> these days <laughs> episodes are viewed far between but we will be starting back up soon Listen, it's hard in these COVID streets to it try is. and get. It's hard out here, but you know what? We have a lengthy back catalog if you're interested. 
<laughs> Seriously, it's good stuff. So go follow them on Twitter and check out their podcast. And if you want to follow me, I am Lisa Fay CO, Lisa Fay Co on Twitter and Instagram. And you can follow the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at which was better or check out our website at whichwasbetter.com. So thank you everybody for listening and the comments and the retweets that you guys give every week. We very much appreciate it. Um, I love um, the feedback that we get and I don't know. I just love this community. It's so fun. So thank you. And thank you again, Dory, for stopping by. Thank you by. for having me. This was a, such a treat. I, I hope I'll be back many times. <laughs> You will be back many times. And spoiler alert, we've got some other things in the works. So be on the lookout for that. And we will see you next time. So bye. bye.